Did you know that all modern scent hounds are descendant of the bloodhound? Or that the chihuahua's ancestor, the Tashiji dog, dates back to the Aztecs? Or that a border collie named Chaser knows 1,000 words? You know, the pit bull used to be considered America's dog and was our country's symbol in World War I. Did you know that you could learn all of these facts and more about dogs if you listen to our podcast, We're Getting a Dog? Each week, we go over a different breed's history and what it takes to own it. And we talk a little bit about why we love the breed and try to present each dog in a fair light. You can listen to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you stream podcasts. From the Arcadia Podcast Network. Hi there, listener. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Just so you know, this show contains explicit language and some possible adult themes. Listeners under 13 or anyone who could be offended by the subject matter are given caution. Hello, I'm Wesley Van Hoosen, and this is Good Food for Bad Friends. On this podcast, I'll have a different guest every week to talk about their history with food. Along with each episode, you can find recipes inspired by the featured guest on our website, goodfoodbadfriends.com. The first thing I used to think of when Derek was ever brought up were his shoes. The guy has got some mad shoe game. He also has a perfectly timbered voice that deserves to be on the radio. I've sat many a night listening to him record vocals over and over while working with him on his music, only for them to all sound perfect and practically identical to the one before. Suffice it to say, he's a natural master at dubbing his own voice. I met Derek when I was 22. At that time, I had a bad habit of setting myself up for failure with new relationships. I put on a sort of imitation of myself when I met new people, because I wasn't comfortable with the person I was at that time. I knew I had faults and mental issues, but I was driven to make myself be okay. Newsflash, that doesn't work. Go to a psychiatrist and go see a therapist. At that time, all relationships were difficult for me, because I didn't yet have the confidence in myself to know that I could be satisfied with who I was and of the bigger picture at the same time. Instead of doing the right thing and admitting to myself that I had these underlying problems and seeking help for them, I put on this parody of myself in front of these new roommates, and I was in for a great shock. Derek didn't put up with it. None of them did. These four guys I was sharing a house with saw right through me. Rather than admonish me for it, though, they told me I didn't need to be that way, that I was in a safe space and could be who I really was. I remember Derek specifically telling me that he would rather be friends with the real, raw, crying, and vulnerable me than a put-on version of myself. You know that scene from Spongebob Squarepants where the little Spongebob's in his brain throw out everything but fine dining and breathing, and he's left dumbstruck when he can't remember his name? The feeling was something like that. I had never had that sort of blind acceptance in my life before. Besides the brotherly friendship that we have, Derek has also been a pivotal influence in my musical career. 
He engineered and helped write and produce my first album, and he has a very bright future ahead with his group, O Jupiter. He's also the one that coined the name of this project. Besides the shoes, he's also got Mad Title Game. I look up to this guy so much, and I always go to him for his guidance and wisdom on anything from projects to real life. Please join me in welcoming our next bad friend to the show, my good friend, Derek Zoya. Thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So this is Derek. Hello. And um, Derek's super cool. And uh, my <laughs> first question for you, and you had these questions, but you said you only looked at them like one time. So. One time, yeah. So my first thing is, what is your first vivid memory of food? My f- Can it be like positive yeah, or yeah. negative? Okay. Yeah, anything, yeah. Um. So my mom used to make these things called turkey patties okay which they're not hard to describe because it's just ground turkey with onions i'm pretty sure Uh uh-huh um and they grew on me a little bit as i got older to the point where i could actually eat them yeah i never actually enjoyed it they are pretty disgusting as an idea and like in practice okay (laughs) (laughs) but they were like my dad's favorite things so we just ate them all the the time dad i feel like dad's like the most disgusting foods yeah like my dad likes uh patty melts which i think are horrible like a sandwich it's like white bread with with like uh cheese and it's melted over like you can get a tuna melt or patty melt and obviously one's melted over tuna the other one's melted over like a burger patty with like really old caramelized onions on top of it. Mm. Like it's just it's just a mishmash of like yuck to me. Sounds like a texture nightmare. It's a lot, <laughs> yeah, because the Wonder Bread gets really squidgy right. after. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the tuna patties is the first turkey. Turkey. turkey patty. I'm sorry. Ground turkey. ground yeah. turkey was the problem in, in that formula. We yeah. grew up with ground turkey a lot. Too. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah. Good times. <laughs> Um. The, so another part of this is: are do you, is there like any food that you have never really forgotten the flavor of, or anything that's like, if you eat it, you are like transported in time back to when you first had it? Okay. So, I mean, I definitely don't eat those anymore, so I can't say that that <laughs> that's my answer. No. But, yeah. <laughs> is um, there a good food? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess those like cheesy potato things I make. Yeah, oh, for, for sure. every like friendsgiving that we have. Yeah. Um, I always think of my mom making those for holidays every time I eat them. That's an Easter food for us. Is for it sure. okay? Yeah, my mom calls it Lent loaf because it has no meat in it. It's really any holiday for us that we make. Yeah, <laughs> I my mom makes it now. Like, I don't know. I love my mom, but actually, no, Dina makes it. But I like my mom's oh, version better. Cool Aunt Dina. Cool Aunt Dina Shout makes it. Cool no, my mom's was really good, but yours is like, yours is like times twenty. It's insane how how yeah. intense yours is. It's like my mac and cheese. Yeah, <laughs> probably not as heavy, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, your mac and cheese is so it's, like it's lethal. It's life changing. <laughs> Josh, when I fed you guys that, Josh hugged me for five solid minutes. Did he really? He's like. <laughs> What? Thank you. Whatever you you've done <laughs> for the guy that eats bricks of cheese. He yeah. fell asleep with a wheel of brie. Yeah, and I'm totally gonna bring that up on his episode. <laughs> Excellent. Can't wait to hear about that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever asked him about it. So no, I I don't remember it as much. But I remember Taylor like losing her shit over yeah. it. So anyway, we we're talking about your cheesy potatoes. So that's like something that is. Yeah, it's just 
it's like it does for me what whiskey does. Just like warms my heart. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very Midwestern. Yeah. For sure. And you're from, well, you're from, Aaron and I talked about this too. You're from like the cheese state. Yes. So. Kenosha, Wisconsin. Kenosha. The, the 262. Barely Wisconsin. <laughs> we still, I, we're still proud. Hey, you guys have a bomb ass grocery store. Woodman's. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And <laughs> that place is amazing. Shout out Morris Cheese Castle. None of these things are sponsors. I've never of this been show, there. <laughs> and I think we were supposed, Aaron was supposed to take me this year, but we just, you know, obviously we couldn't. When I was little, it didn't look like an actual castle. Uh-huh. It just looked like a warehouse. And then the name was Morris Cheese Castle. I'd be like, oh, cool. So I was never really interested in going. Right. And then when they renovated it, I was like, oh, holy shit, this place looks dope. <laughs> It like it has like pillars and shit, and even the inside is decorated like a castle. It's kind of cool. So yeah, all your your local meats cheeses, they have a bar there. Oh, it's pretty awesome. All I can imagine is Wisconsin just getting Night's dream. just getting fucking trashed on like beer and charcuterie plate. I wanted to get trashed there, yeah. but the last time I was there, one of only two times, we just we were like passing through. Oh, so uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe next time. Yeah, no, because when we went, we were going to Milwaukee, so we stopped and yeah. just at that store. That store still blows my mind. Yeah, good God, go if you what it's called Woodman's. Go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> next uh, next time we head that direction, we'll we'll go to Marshy's yes. Castle. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Sure. Okay. So, like, what was a common meal in your house? Like, just on a typical like weekday night. Um, we ate a lot of chicken taco rice. That was a big thing, just because it's apparently easy to make. Yeah, I was told, and um, everyone seemed to be pretty on board with it. I wasn't a huge fan of it, but out of all the other things that my dad requested, it was up there. Um, so is it like is it like one dish? Yeah, chicken taco rice. So it's rice with taco seasoning, um, and then shredded chicken. I think. So it's almost like it's like been a, a very long time. Like a bowl almost. Like you can make it into like a like a Mexican bowl. Yeah. It's like a it's got like a hybrid Mexican dish vibe. I like that. Yeah. I like and it's it sounds kind of casserole y too, like if you Yeah. 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 Which actually tuna casserole was another one. That's probably mm. one of my favorites. I still when I go back home, that's what I request for my mom to make. I love that shit. We God, we exhausted the tuna boat in my house because oh, we yeah. ate fucking tuna helper all the goddamn Oof. time tuna tetra fucking zini i used to have that that type of thing in like my school lunches mm. on occasion like just like the packs of pre-made pre-season tuna shit yeah. oh yeah well those yeah. are good like the albacore like the yeah. star kiss tuna creations we're not <laughs> sponsored and <laughs> like <laughs> So many things we've shouted out. So many. Woodman's, we're not sponsored. Yeah. Uh, but I like those. I usually put those just over just like plain rice with Worcestershire sauce. What's the one with the the phrase about chicken? Oh, chicken of the sea. Yeah. T- uh, uh, it, what's the best tuna? Chicken of the sea. Yeah, chicken yeah. of the sea. Nice. Or tuna of, tuna of the land brand chicken. That's, yeah. that's an SNL joke. <laughs> Sure. Toilet paper of the outhouse bread. It's like keeps going on and on. It's a <laughs> Jessica Simpson sketch. It's actually really funny from back in the day. Uh, yeah, no, tuna was definitely. Did you guys ever do? Well, you said ground turkey. Was there ever like ground turkey and hamburger helper? That was super. No, what we did. Um, no, like the easier stuff. 
it would have been like the stuff that's essentially like mix it together it microwave comes it in type a box deal. Yeah, yeah yeah box the foods good way to put that um would be like something mixed with macaroni and cheese that was Got like it. when my friends came over and stuff that's what i ate it was like hot dogs cut up it's everyone's oh, classic I, w- I yeah that's yeah for sure i would still eat that I, I still do still a trash person at heart so that's the thing is like as i've learned how to cook i like know how to not be a trash eating <laughs> that's you know porcupine recently i'm learning to not be a trash person because i'm actually learning how to cook now so well for me it's uh my body's like yeah no we can't do that anymore yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's that too yeah it's like ice cream you're mu- you must be fucking joking like <laughs> Milk. Oh my god! Last <laughs> night I had orchata and my mm. stomach hurt for like twenty minutes. <laughs> it was just sugar and dairy. Like, it's so sad the things that we can't eat anymore. I know Ugh. spicy food. I can't do like mustard, which is so weird. Yeah. Mustard gives me intense heartburn. I love spicy food still. The only way it messes me up is the whole acid reflux thing. But yeah, I still eat it. So yeah, yeah. Don't tell my EMT. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. No, I for me, I still eat ice cream. Actually, I'm trying to cut sugar right now, but it's not going very well. Mm. That's a tough one. It is, especially in a quarantine when you're like, I'm probably not going to work for the rest of the year, so do I don't like, care. Do you like stevia? Are you a stevia guy? No, I, okay, not to be like super uppity, but I have a super sensitive palate. Oh, and okay. I can taste, some people really can't taste, it's just sweet. Oh, I can. It just doesn't bother me. It, it it's totally different. bothers it's me. Different. Like the Zevia soda or whatever, that shit's gross. Mm-hmm. I'd rather drink uh, fizzy water than that. I, what I like, and actually this like bay, bai tea, whatever that I have with yeah, me, yeah. is one gram of sugar and then the rest is Stevia. Mm. And that's why it's a 10 calorie drink. Yeah. I guess the only like diet drink I would ever drink is Diet Pepsi. And it's because I that's like a remembered flavor for me my grandparents mm. only drink diet pepsi i can't stand diet pepsi i love diet pepsi i hate regular pepsi unless it's with taco bell <laughs> you need that intensity of sweet to like wash down all that salt like <laughs> there's there's that yeah for sure like mcdonald's and stuff was another oh. thing that we we ate a lot of mcdonald's when i was a kid that was our like, unfortunately treat that was like a weekly thing for but us but it was mainly because my mom loved diet coke so we would choose that consistently over Taco Bell. Well, we see we never went to Taco Bell because we have a place in my hometown called Taco Inn, huh. and my mother like she loves that place. It's okay. We didn't have any local Taco. Oh, we also have a been. we have Amigos too, which I like. See, I like Amigos, but that is just you know, I don't know what it is. I think it's MSG, but <laughs> I, there's just something, it and I'm just... like. Because I get really high blood pressure after I eat it and my stomach hurts. I don't know. I'm not accusing you. I love you, amigos. But <laughs> there's like local Mexican places definitely in my hometown. But we had yeah. we have like six Taco Bells. Though, so we have we have a couple in Kenosha. Um, but it was just it was one of those things that we would either go if my mom wasn't going mm-hmm. or like if we had just had McDonald's too much. Yeah. <laughs> like we need to change up the fast food yeah. game we had mcdonald's but that was because my mom uh and i eventually too we love mcdonald's coke and fries like we right. we went to disney world one year and there was a cart that just sold mcdonald's coke and fries 
And my mom really? was like, what? Like she, her mind was blown. There's <laughs> something about their soda mixture though. They put, I think they, they, don't they say they put extra sugar in their Coke? I've never looked into it. I, I I've read this. I don't know if it was like Buzzfeed or HuffPost, but it's like McDonald's actually puts extra flavoring extra to crack. make it taste more. Yeah. Extra, extra Coke. Extra Coke. Yeah. Either way, McDon- every, yeah, McDonald's Coke is the best. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Uh, what's next? Yeah. Oh, so, um, do you have any distinct memories of food that you would have at holidays like Christmas or Easter? I'm trying to think of other holidays that are Christian. <laughs> All the Christian <laughs> I'm holidays. I'm thinking of the Catholic holidays because those are the only ones w- when I would go to church for a yeah. while. Um, so the cheesy potato thing for sure. Yeah. Always ranked number one on that list. For sure. Um, for Thanksgiving, my dad was still is usually the one to make the turkey so yes we've had yes we we have talked about this yeah Yeah. which i have no issue going on the record that wesley's turkey the last two years has beaten my dad's turkey just by just by a smidge dad i'm sorry but i'm gonna tell you the secret though you just gotta shove that thing full of veggies in the middle for flavor and you got to just pack the butter inside of that damn thing. And yeah. I don't baste it. I just I just cover it if it starts to get a little too dark. But I don't sure. really do the basting thing. Yeah, I I, I've never watched his process, so I, I'm not sure what he does. But it's just a it's, little bit better. It's really funny because it's sort of like Taylor, our friend Taylor, who uh, she has the Thanksgiving episode. Or the th- episode. I guess it is her episode for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, She... <laughs> She compared it. She's like, it's like watching a little Chinese woman haul like a 23 pound turkey <laughs> onto a fucking. She's like, it's very entertaining to watch you wrestle a turkey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those uh, those gatherings are usually pretty big. So oh, you got to get a big one. I did two turkeys, I think. That's right. Last year. You uh, did. Yeah, I made I made like a big, big one for yeah. like the showcase turkey. And I had like a little 12 pounder. On did the we get through it? We did. Well, we got through the first turkey really fast, and I had the uh, the other one in the oven. And then I think the second one was like the second turkey, but I think people still took some home. I just distinctly recall that <laughs> ever so the last Thanksgiving we had at your at Warner, your old address. Mm-hmm. Every we told people just oh just bring dessert. Bad idea. Oh yeah, we had like, that was rough. we had like twenty pies. <laughs> Everyone was, took a whole pie home. It's ridiculous. It was fucking hilarious. And some of it was pretty similar too. Oh, so there I were just, ten pumpkin pies. Yeah, I took. We had. We were like, who the hell likes pumpkin pie? <laughs> and then Chris, didn't, didn't you make dessert too? No, I don't do dessert because oh, really? Bernard does banana pudding. Oh, that's right. And I'm like, I don't because I mean the funny thing too is I'm total mom on that day because. If people want to come see me, they have to come to the kitchen to say hi. <laughs> yeah, which I always felt really bad about that. Because you, that's why I like, I wanted to alleviate how much you were doing. Because the first year that we had, like, the big Friendsgivings a few years ago. Yeah. And you were just in the kitchen the whole time. I, I was like, I know that that's like, that's your area. Yeah. And that's like what you're best at. But. If you're lacking the mingling part of it, which sure. is the easily the best part of the whole situation, you you should have some of that pressure I off suppose. of you, I think. See, the way I think about it is, and this is maybe just how I grew up, but on Thanksgiving Day, we didn't talk to my mom. 
Like she mm. was in the, if you wanted to talk to my mom, you had to go in the kitchen. But even then, you know, she'd kick you out. But, <laughs> yeah, but for never... me, I guess like, it, oh, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, no, keep going. I was going to say, um, like for me, it's sort of like I enjoy that aspect of it because what I get is really personal one-on-ones with everybody. So okay. everyone comes back and it's like, oh my God, Wesley's, you know, you're back here, of course. And then smells I smells great. looks Yeah. Good. And then talk I talk with yeah. them for like five minutes and then That's a good point. they get their wine and they get the fuck out. And <laughs> it's, and then it's like this like rotating, you know, uh, yeah. fucking Ferris wheel. It's not a fair. What's the other one? Another thing I can't ride. God damn it. <laughs> Actually, Ferris, Ferris wheels are okay. I, I, know, I just I don't, don't, do, I don't do spinny things. I don't do Ferris wheels because I'm afraid of um, heights. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Carousel. Yeah. It's a musical whatever. by Rodgers and Hammerstein. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but no, it becomes this like revolving door. That's a better analogy. Of, there you go. Um, yeah. Just people kind of coming in and saying hi. And I here's the other thing, too, I think that I've realized because every year you're like, oh, we feel really bad. You didn't get to talk to anybody. I'm like, it's fine, guys. Like, right. For me, it's like it is the one day a year where I have to prove to myself that I can still fucking do this. <laughs> so it is. I guess liter- we just don't see your interactions with. Everyone, yeah. So. And I like the small interactions because usually it's, you know, w- people just you get to feel the thanks in a mm-hmm. different way. Because yeah. you're with you're with other people in the kitchen and you're just talking about, you know, one on one about your holiday plans. And a lot of the time, two yeah. people are like, so what are you doing? And they'll sit and watch me cook, which is kind of fun, too, because I get like an audience for 10 little minutes. cooking show a little bit. Because yeah. I remember one year there they used to have like the little bar at your at Warner that mm-hmm. people could sit at. I would literally be sitting there cutting up vegetables and everyone would just be quietly watching and drinking. And I'm like, will you fuckers talk? To be fair, people gather in the kitchen anyway. And that's the only exception is Thanksgiving because rightfully so, you're like getting most people out of the kitchen. But the rest of the time, like no matter how many people it is or what we're (laughs) doing, if it's a group of people, Uh everyone ends up in the kitchen. All I remember of last year was... I had like people were come. Everyone was getting a drink like at the same time. Yeah, it was getting super fucking loud. And the I was perfect. Story. And I think Matt was helping me with something. Like Harvey was helping me with something. And I was trying to tell him what to do. He's like, I can't fucking hear you, bro. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, everyone get the fuck out. Like yeah. Nick, get them the fuck out. And Nick's like, you heard the man, get out. <laughs> like. <laughs> Nick, it was super funny. Enforcer, yeah. It was really, fu- it was really funny. And they're like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry." And it's like, "It's fine. Just get your drinks." Like, there's also the year that the oven broke. You know, it's like we, right before. it did, but we were very resourceful people because we, because luckily you had a spare kitchen, the downstairs that was yeah, used, and a very cool landlord. I think so. you know what's funny is that during that Thanksgiving. Yeah. I think the reason you thought I didn't talk to anybody is because I fucking like escaped to that other one <laughs> all the time to like get yeah. the hell out of the hot kitchen because that that place was a little cooler. Yeah, so and me for sure. and Taylor, and, like, people couldn't really drink. follow you down there either. No, so, it yeah. would just be me and Taylor because yeah. she she always helps me on Thanksgiving. Yeah, but anyway, about your holidays <laughs> growing up, <laughs> like, are there any other specific like food things or traditions um, that's maybe yeah my my aunt Kathy. One of the better cooks in our family, for sure. Really, everything she made was great. Um, she has a similar cheesy casserole, but it's yeah. the tater tot version. Okay. It's very different. I definitely like my mom's better, but it's just a it's a nice change up. 
And Whereas then we have like tater tot casserole almost. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, like deviled eggs are always a big deal. Ooh, I do love a good deviled egg. And they're always different. Like my cousin Allie's been making them lately and they're a nice twist to what I was used to before that. Mm -hmm. I'm not honestly sure what the differences are, but I'm like, if it's good, it's good. I'll tell you, I'll, I appreciate it, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty much green bean casserole. It's really the only other thing I can think of. Not a fan. No, hate it. It's it's the cream of mushroom soup and canned. You know, there's cream of mushroom in the cheesy potato. Yes, but I don't yeah. mind it there because you've got a lot of different textures going on. For sure, green bean. But casserole, those little dark bits, those are those yeah. Are and I don't mind that because I'll I don't care for mushrooms. But if it's in something and it's you know what I don't be, either. So this is kind of proving your point. Yeah, because I don't. I'm not against cream and mushroom for most recipes, especially like it, green bean casserole, but I don't eat mushrooms. The other thing you can do with cream of mushroom soup if you're super like afraid of biting into a mushroom is just put it in a food processor before you put it in anything. Oh, okay. And it'll just break all that shit up. Yeah. I mean, the thing with green bean casserole, though, I mean, maybe if I tried it a different way, I'd like it. But the way we grew up with it was mushy green beans from a can, cream of mushroom soup, and whatever the fuck else goes in it and then the french onions on top but when you bite into it it's just like a really hot mush of like kind of waterlogged green beans (laughs) with very salty cream of mushroom soup it is pretty salty um it's also really bad for you the level of (laughs) yeah it's it's misleading for sure it's definitely like a 50s dish like it's a it's a retro thanksgiving dish that never died and I'm a I'm definitely like a huge texture person. Like I don't really care as much how it tastes if the texture is weird. It's why I don't eat mushrooms. I don't sure the yeah. taste doesn't bother me in the slightest. It's only a texture problem. So for some reason though, that dish maybe it's the way it's typically made in my family. I don't yeah. know. I, I wish I could offer more advice on that, but I d I think it's just the way that we had it. It was definitely like If it's watery, that's not good. Uh well, the other thing I think that is a little bit different. We grew. I mean, we both grew up in the Midwest, yeah. but we grew up in very different parts of the Midwest. You grew up in the true Midwest. I grew up in the heartland yes. from Nebraska. Exactly. And our food was like very churchy inspired food, like church basement food. But I'm sure everyone has that around the country. But Midwestern well. church basement yeah. food is really like it's very regional. And to me, green bean casserole was like not just a Thanksgiving food. That was offered at a casserole table that's that's fair we had a lot of potlucks in church and that was usually there too yeah um i guess i'm i'm more so thinking in recent history sure because haven't haven't gone to church in quite some time so more recently (laughs) the walls bleed when i walk in so (laughs) more more recently yeah it's a it's a holiday thing that is a holiday food yeah. yeah um did you ever have like did you like sweet potatoes i do now Okay. Yeah. I didn't really have those when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's like, you gotta have I'm sure them. they were there. I just, I wasn't interested. They had to be, my mom would make them in like a 70s py- Pyrex that was like brown colored. Mm. It's like the groovy I know exactly Pyrex. What you mean. Had a yeah. lid. The lid had, somehow it's never shattered. And she would Pyrex make them and shit. I, and then, you know, they'd be nice and syrupy and watery with a bunch of burnt marshmallows on top. But I like that though. I like the really toasty marshmallows. Do you like cranberry sauce? <laughs> oh, 
got Aaron and I talked about this. Did you really? Okay. I no, it's fine. I like the one I make for Thanksgiving. So it's not from the can. Yuck. No. So I hate the gelatinous. This is a huge one. like contentious thing in my family. I feel like because <laughs> I feel like every, there's a lot of people right now, especially my dad's side. Everyone's super used to the can shit, and then this one year, a couple years ago, my uncle's girlfriend. We'll call her that. I don't. I don't know what her title is, but um, she made like this more homemade cranberry sauce. I I didn't try it because I don't like cranberry sauce anyway. But just reading the reactions of people around the table, they were like, "This is sacrilege." <laughs> it was hilarious, and she felt so bad. But she kind of gave everyone pretext, like this is not what you're used to with cranberry sauce. The thing with cranberry sauce with me is that the Okay, so I was already traumatized by it because the one year that was my job, it didn't come out of the can in the perfect form. And sure. two of my family members <laughs> legit got pissed about it. They just like, because it wasn't can-shaped? Like, Why well, is it all messed up? And it's know. like, like now we can't slice it. And it's like, it, uh, it's a sauce, not a jelly. Like So that's like my take when I... And the reason I started making it, too, was literally just out of rebellion. I was like, I fucking hate this ocean spray urinary tract infection (laughs) schmear. And I want to make the real thing. And the funny thing, too, is that, you know, cranberries at Thanksgiving, cheap. It's like $1.99 a bag. That may not be cheap to some people. But, I mean, comparing that, though, and it's better for you because the way I do it, it's cranberries with cloves and orange and ginger and like spices like mulling spices and just a little bit of sugar and it's like this is probably the healthiest thing on the table it's probably more sauce like it is it's spreadable because you cook it till the till it uh gels okay so that's what i'm curious about then i want to know and maybe you can find out with Mm -hmm. your your book that you're writing and everything but (laughs) like what was the OG cranberry sauce? Was it? I, I'm Ooh, sure it didn't come out of the can right away. There's no way that's true. So, was it more sauce like, and did we just bastardize it over time? That See, sounds like the American thing to do. I'm just choosing to blame. Well, Americans. and the thing is, is if we're speaking sort of in historical terms, the way I think about it is, you know, in the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, there was a massive obsession with jello and it's so weird everyone did jello stuff so i wonder if it got made into that and kind of if it was kind of like the cool trendy food in the in like the 60s or 70s i don't know because canned food in america is mostly a product of like post-war like canned food the way it expanded after because it was useful in the military so like oh it's convenient like and Britain had hopped on that boat long before. Britain's right. food is mostly made up of just tinned things, as they would call it. <laughs> um, but I wonder, yeah, the OG cranberry sauce. That might be... I'm definitely going to have to do a deep dive on I that I for now. sure want to know. Oh, that's so cool. The history of cranberry sauce stretches all the way back to 1796, when it was originally published in the first known cookbook authored by an American, The Art of Cookery by Amelia Simmons. Although it is said that it probably did not appear at the first Thanksgiving dinner because of the scarcity of sugar. The most basic and original recipe is actually just three ingredients, cranberries, sugar, and a small amount of water. 
There are many different variations of the sauce, most of which include some kind of citrus like orange and, of course, cinnamon. The dish itself hails from New England, most likely Massachusetts. Cranberries grow there en masse. It was first offered to consumers as a seasonal food in 1912 in Hanson, Massachusetts. The jellied canned version debuted in 1941, at which point that version was made available year round. All right. So we talked. So you did talk a lot about like who was doing the cooking in your family. Like it was like my aunt, my mom, my dad for like the usually the the meat of the meal. Sure, that is how either, my dad was either too. grilling or the turkey. Yeah, and stuff. My mom did the turkey, but my dad is definitely the grill master of my family. Okay, I can't grill for shit. And it's so funny because everyone thinks I can, and I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fucking undercook it. Depends it. what it is. Yeah. Oh me. man, uh, one year. We did a barbecue at your guys' old place. We're like, Wesley, we need your help. I'm like, I can't fucking help you because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, it also depends <laughs> on the grill, too. So, um, so uh, more stuff is you for you as a kid. Uh, what was your favorite place to go out to eat as a child? Uh, it can be anything, too. So to this day, mm-hmm. especially speaking of my hometown, yeah, Ruffalo's Pizza... It's a local chain. There was three of them, and mm-hmm. now there's two of them, I think. Is it spelled like Mark Ruffalo? Yeah. That's actually <laughs> his family. Oh, shit. Yeah. Really? That's awesome. A little Kenosha history. Yeah. Uh, Mark Ruffalo is from the Italian Ruffalo family of Kenosha. I went to high school with like one of his nieces or- Oh, cool. Yeah. So a pretty huge family in Kenosha, and they have- that chain, and then they have Villa de Carlos downtown Kenosha. Wow. So both very good pizza, but Villa de Carlos is more like thin crust. Okay. And then the hand tossed of Ruffalo's is what is. I'm assuming that's why they're like big. Yeah. That's their emphasis. So you guys, so do you find there's like, well, speaking of pizza, do you find yeah. that there is a Wisconsinite obsession with deep dish at all? Because I think this is interesting. No. I actually don't. That's, yeah. I haven't I observed say, that at all. That's what I was going to say. Hand tossed is a like staple i feel like that also is like sort of midwestern now to get hand-tossed pizza still yeah because if you go out into the east you get new york style and they've got like and then there's the detroit style which is kind of like deep dish but it's not it's like pan style yeah i've never had i've never had it's really good and then on the west coast you know everything's made of other stuff now so it's (laughs) It's very different. I think there will be. That's an interesting question, though, because there's going to be more Chicago chains that creep toward Kenosha, being as close as it yeah. is. They're starting to go out west, too. Yeah. They're in Las Vegas. I mean, we saw two Chicago chains in Las Vegas. There's Giordano's and Pizzeria Uno. Yeah. Just like, what? Like- so, there go. so there's going to be, especially nearby, there's going to be... More of a deep dish. For sure. Yeah. I do like, though, that, like, that's cool. I had no idea that that was in relation. Because I've heard of Ruffalo's Pizza just looking through, like, places in this area you need to go to. There's not a lot of places that I will say, like, this is my favorite of this category. But that pizza, like, um, either jalapenos, if I want hot, or green pepper Mm -hmm. for the same texture or similar texture. Yeah. And then um, Italian sausage. For sure. Which I haven't asked or look into it, but I think a lot of the places you go in Kenosha, the meat is locally sourced. Okay. I heard, I don't know if this is true. I heard a rumor that even the McDonald's uses local beef. I think that's 
I think that's true because in Nebraska, that's definitely marketed there. Okay. And McDonald's okay. is really good in Nebraska. Like, if you get a quarter pounder, that's what I'm it's saying. Really There's good. a difference in like if you get a quarter pounder in Kenosha yeah, like versus the, like Chicago. Yeah. 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 So that's why I think like their Italian sausage and their pizza is just a little bit better than than other though. pizzas. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's what that's what makes it. Yeah, you know, unique and stuff. They also have like these potato wedges that are oh fuck incredible. They're so heavily seasoned. Yeah, you've got to get extra seasoning on everything. Yeah, like when we order when we we order Wingstop, I order it specifically for the fries. You can get wings fucking anywhere. True, and And Wingstop's pretty solid. It it is pretty good though. Yeah, they're not like incredible. Eh, their Korean one is good. I like the Korean barbecue one. Okay. Um. So, we're gonna go on now to teenage Derek. Okay. So moving on up. Uh, what kind of foods did you start to like when you started to like eat things that maybe your parents weren't feeding you, or like just stuff that you were like, I'm developing a taste for this. And yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a better answer to this, but the first thing I thought of is um is Wendy's. <laughs> because for some reason, I don't know if it was just a little bit further from our house or what the reason was, but we didn't go to Wendy's that much when I was younger. Then in high school, like had a job, had a car kind of thing. I started mm-hmm. going to Wendy's all the time and I'm like, where the fuck was this the entire time? Like yeah. it's actually fresh. That's it's how my real parents food. were. We never went to Wendy's. My grandparents would take me to Wendy's. My granddad liked Frosties. Yeah, yeah. But no, that I do love Wendy's. I just don't remember going there previous to that. That's so. Funny. Um, but also I would hit up more of the, the more local, like burger spots and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just driving around with friends and yeah, and whatnot. But um, Cheryl's was a good one. Mm. And that's all I can think of right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, as an adult, like, have you started to like things that are? maybe out of left field or like stuff that you never thought you would have a liking for, but you just all of a sudden do definitely more recently. And definitely since quarantine has started Yeah, because now that I have a little bit more time on my hands, um, I started doing like this cooking thing mm-hmm. through every plate where they just send you the ingredients and the recipes, of course. Yeah. Cause I'm an idiot. But, uh, Hey, if it, if it, if it gets people cooking and I said this, that's the whole thing. I said this yeah. before, if it gets people cooking, it gets people cooking and yeah. you keep the recipes and venture out from there type of stuff. It's exactly, just like, that's it's exactly just it. like having a cookbook in yeah. this day. And, you know, and at this point too, with quarantine and grocery shopping being a traumatizing experience, like who wouldn't do it if you can. Right. Like, and like the, the recipes are pretty healthy, which was part of the appeal. Um, that's what i've heard it's, one of my yeah. favorites is not probably i really <laughs> looked into it well but, that's why but there to your question like there are things that i've learned that i would have never come up with on my own yeah because of that and that's totally worth that's the awesome. money i think so like there's this like parm frico burger and just Ooh. creates a new way to put cheese on a burger that i would have never considered you basically make a pile of cheese and bake it and it's so good it, it is. tastes better and more cheesy in my was opinion. it were we talking about when we were walking a few weeks ago about baking Parmesan cheese into chips? Was I talking to you about that or was that Aaron? I don't, I'm sure it probably came up, but I don't know about chips. 
Because it is, it does have may, that oh, like, I, no, crispiness. I, though. We were talking. You think you, I think you were talking about baking cheese into things, and I might have mentioned oh, yeah. if you bake Parmesan cheese like on parchment. I don't remember what temperature. It just turns into like little Parmesan cheese crusts. I do remember you saying this, and they're super fucking good. <laughs> I've discovered like some other little things because we ate when I was a kid. We ate American cheese, Colby Jack. That's pretty much it. Spring and, uh, Parmesan on pasta and things like that. <laughs> but my, my brother called it powdered sugar cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just, I, you know, it's weird though. I put that on pizza. I, I still oh, yeah. put that on pizza with with the. You know, you have the two shakers, the pepper, and the what I the mean, fuck any, is that called? The what ground red pepper? Just the red pepper flakes. That's there we go. Oh, okay. with powdered sugar cheese. Go on. Sorry. Okay. No, that's okay. <laughs> but just like. Little things that you find out shopping for yourself. True. As yeah. an adult has been incredibly life-changing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I eat anything that I used to eat when I was a kid. Wow. Yeah. Well, kind of going off of that, I think one thing that's really... we I feel like our parents grew up and shopped in a very like non-cultural, non-world-cultural like culinary market. So like, well, yeah, you have one grocery aisle uh-huh. for that, you know, even a place as big as Woodman's, uh-huh. maybe, maybe two ethnic, sure, in heavy quotes, ethnic grocery. Yeah. Aisle. And I, I remember like the first time, you know, when my mom wanted to make like Japanese food, they'd have to go to specialty stores to get everything. You couldn't buy that at, you know, right. Walmart or. Yeah, totally. And I think it's really interesting that we grew up in the end of that. And by the time, you know, we are adults now, our generation starting to have kids, we have like Trader Joe's, which is basically a massive ethnic food store. Yeah. And, you know, we also have living in a bigger city. You've got just neighborhoods with different types. Got, of grocery Yeah. Stores. And my yeah, friends in New York sure. have their bodegas and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's really intriguing that our generation has such a wider food palette. And we sort of have to convince our parents sometimes like, no, this is actually really good. You should try it. For sure. Uh, It's like a, it's easily a top five reason to be in the city we're in. For sure. Especially because of where Chicago is. It just gets everything. Where else can I get, you know, drunk and go buy curry, a burrito and, (laughs) you know, a a green bean salad in the same place. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uncured pork you know it's like right <laughs> or sausage um but i yeah no i like that uh it's i like that you've branched out of what yeah. you know just like the simplicity of what you may have grown up with and to like just totally learn it you know it's it, it's really cool when people tell me that because i think it's like and having you're doing having roommates thing. with different interests and stuff for so that's long. true we all Four had and a half years yeah there, so I learned a lot from you, from from Nick, Matt, Bernard, everybody had. Aaron, we grew up literally in the same town, so I'm not sure that he had anything like crazy new for me to experience. Sure. Um, but like, I'm sure there was something from everybody that I would not have discovered food yeah. wise if it wasn't for living with them. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um. So. You, what is your ethnicity? <laughs> <laughs> what are you? I was just talking to someone yesterday. Because um, I was trying to remember. I'm like, fuck, I don't know what he is, actually. Torres Torres asked someone that recently, and he asked that, like, what are you? And they apparently didn't like that phrasing, oh, and they just freaked out. Anyway, um, 
to the best of my knowledge, because I've never done like a DNA test or anything like that, but I am a quarter Polish. And then I was told a 16th, wait, no, an eighth Native American. Ooh. And then everything else, there's a mixture of Italian, um, Irish, French, just a whole lot of things. You're a smorgasbord. I am the definition of an American mutt. Hey, you know. Yeah. I'm a melting pot unto myself. Someone I know thought you were like Swedish because your last name was weird. <laughs> Swedish. It's been changed due to some um, probably illegal activity by my my ancestors. Oh, I see. Yeah. My I think it, it used to be like Zola or something. Um, I did a research, a, a little bit of research on this a while back, so I don't remember everything. But basically, we we were in Italy for a while, and then we were in France for a while, and then through that that travel, and then to America, our name changed several times. Hmm. I wonder yeah. if your family were like, be cool if they were like con artists or something, <laughs> or like gypsies that just travel and change their name to fit the time. I was told, and I've, I don't know how you look this up i tried but whatever um probably like the dna test stuff is probably your best bet well this story in particular i was told that my family is related to the general that ordered joan of arc's death fun yeah it's the thing that you want to find out about your yourself i um, mean my family probably just grew tulips because we're just dutch <laughs> <laughs> My Japanese family... Uh, That's a much nicer story. My Japanese family are the Matsunagas, which are a very, like, very wealthy group of people. So I can't... I, guess. I can't confirm this at all, but I feel like maybe that's why we were kicked out of France hmm. at some point. Was the um, distant ancestor also like Pontius Pilate or any of the <laughs> other damning Order fi- of Jesus' execution. No, uh, I, not that I know of. Okay. Who was the Roman emperor that had orgies all the goddamn time? Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> I I know we are Northern Italian. Okay. I found that out in my research. So, um, what's the the fashion capital? Milan. Milan. Milanese, I think is Milanese. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's the part of Italy we're from. Okay. Um, everything else though, there's huge gaps, especially in my dad's side of the family. Mm. Surprisingly, because my my mom's side, I feel like there's way less communication. Sure, about that stuff, especially between the people that are currently living. Yeah, that's one thing I can I can kind of relate to that. Uh, in that my grandmother, so my grandmother was adopted, hmm. and she never told us, and she's passed now. Um, but how'd you find out? Well, she told me. She's like, oh, when okay. I was a kid, she's like, well, you know, my mother isn't your. I asked about my great grandmother. She's like, well, I was adopted, so your great grandmother would technically be someone that you know, I you know, I've met. But if we're going off a family, it would be this. And she showed me a picture of like her adoptive mother. Totally. But she said she had met her. So I guess the story goes that her parents had her out of wedlock, gave her up for adoption, but they later got married and had other kids. So she <laughs> had biological brothers and sisters. And she met them in like the 80s and then like never talked about it again. Uh So it's I understand there's like 
a big gap somewhere of who, where our biological line is. Yeah. And it's well, the only thing we can really hope for is like, you know, the DNA tests you can have done on Amazon that like tell you your literal genetic history. Like, right. And it, th- I feel like, I feel like that that's like a blessing and a curse. Cause I have, I have met people who have literally met half brothers mm-hmm. over that. And they're like huge secrets, just blown out of the family. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Which I really want to take one of those tests. I haven't because of sort of the paranoia behind it of certain companies, which I won't name the ones I, that seem to be culpable in this, but I have no idea. are selling off information to insurance companies. Oh. And then use it because a lot of it's like figuring out if you're prone to certain diseases and sure. Stuff. Yeah. So then insurance companies using that to affect your rates or whether you're even eligible later in life. So that's the type of thing that I'm like, maybe I'm just better off not knowing. Yeah. But if if anyone has a recommendation of like one that they know is not going to do that. Yeah. The only brand I actually know of is 23andMe. Okay. That's the only one I've ever heard of. I know there's other ones. There's the Ancestry.com one. Oh, they have one too. Okay. Yeah. yeah I kind of want to just do their, I just like do their paper trail one and see if I can find any kind of That's kind of, I spent many hours doing that just finding like random documents like birth records and stuff of family members it was really cool yeah i feel like they'd be really cool to look at and you get to choose how accurate you think it is and whether you want to attach it to your tree or uh, not it's pretty awesome maybe i'll do that with like the extra 1200 we may never get <laughs> so oh hi dylan oh what's up dylan dylan just walked in uh so my next question so relating all of this ethnicity stuff was there any foods in your family that were like ethnically or culturally to your family like influenced or present? Like, in, you know, you, you know, everyone has like a fan, like with Nick, it's pasta. Sure. <laughs> or with me, it's fucking, I don't know, something Midwestern. <laughs> so I can't just say cheese. No, no. But like, mm-hmm. is there anything that's like, oh, this comes from your great aunt, this person of Slovakia or some <laughs> great crazy shit? I wish there was. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. Mm-hmm. I know, like, what my grandparents and some family members that may not be around anymore used to make. Sure. But none of it was ethnically, mm. like, parallel. So, like, my, my grandpa was big on breakfast foods. So whenever I stayed there, he would always make stuff that was breakfast-related. But I just... My so my grandma on my dad's side is a hundred percent Polish. Okay, um, but she does not embrace her ethnicity in any way, and she's like the most ethnic ethnically pure person. Sure, easily. So I don't, I don't know if there's a better chance from someone else for me to learn like, mm-hmm. oh, there's this like really good recipe. Yeah, I don't know. I I wish there was. Hmm. Maybe maybe someday you'll find I don't know. I always think I always think there's great opportunity for that and this sounds terrible when someone dies and you just rifle through their stuff just trying to find I do that. I look through dead family members recipes mm-hmm. and I cuz that's that's like the one thing I I know I'll use. Sure. I didn't do that with my grandmother. With my granddad though, I'm like give me the cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one. My I think my aunt has it. But I, I was allowed to copy it. <laughs> do, you, do you have like a go-to for your family shit? 
Oh, ooh, that's a good question. I didn't even think about. It. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote the questions. I didn't even think you can about. Dish it out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, gosh, I would say on my mom's side, it's definitely Asian things. Not necessarily one dish, but just sort of the Japanese influence that was carried. Oh, probably with my dad's side, it's sugar pie. That is the that was my grandmother's okay. recipe. I think I made it for you guys once. It's a custard. It's a sugar custard pie. Yeah. And it's just like in a shell custard. You eat it room temperature with yeah. whipped cream. I don't eat it with whipped cream. That's that's a lot. But yeah. sugar pie is definitely the like, I don't know. My grandmother's from the South and it's a okay. Southern thing. It used to be an Amish thing too, I guess. But that's probably the the most culturally significant food we would eat in like my immediate family. I don't know, that's kind of a boring answer actually. No, I just <laughs> when you when you said that I was like, "Oh, maybe there's some desserts I can think of that I'm missing." But no, there's not. I can't just yeah. say white things. My family made a lot of white dishes. <laughs> just average, <laughs> yeah, upper middle class Caucasian <laughs> they, food. They did, I guess, but <laughs> it's not interesting. With my dad, I I was telling I was telling Aaron, there are definitely foods that like my dad makes that are from family recipes that I've inherited. So I guess like spaghetti and meatballs, that's definitely a, yeah. A, well, and it's funny cause neither my granddad's recipe on my mom's side and my grandmother's on my dad's, uh, their recipes alone were bland. So mm-hmm. I literally combined the two recipes and it was perfection. Nice. And it was like well done. The, the with the, our powers combined, you know, it was <laughs> like an, and I did that at the house because like, holy fuck, I nailed it. Like, nice. well, you talked a bit about your aunt Kathy. Yep. <laughs> the question is uh, what people in your life have made food special for you. And so like family members, people in general and like what might have been their background with food and, you know, what impact does that person combined with like the food you just like sort of does that impact you at all definitely um probably go to my dad first on this one because i know he learned a lot from his father the same grandpa that made like a lot of breakfast food and stuff and he also worked at ihop so he he learned he learned a lot of of good tricks for that um but mostly on the grill and i'm still not not great at it and there's still i'm sure plenty i can learn from my dad on that but Mm -hmm. that that's what i think of when i think of eating meals with my family is like the grill out days because we didn't do it a whole lot it was always super special when we did um for my mom i always felt like she she was kind of underrated yeah as a cook she didn't really brag about it but she was the main cook of the family and i always loved what she made yeah except for the like you know turkey patties turkey patties shit like that but yeah for sure yeah yeah for sure (laughs) how do all of your experiences with food and cuisine influence the food that you eat just every day like nothing special really so what did that i ate before how does that influence what i'm yeah just like stuff that you you've discovered you liked and stuff like that does that have like a major influence on how you eat every day yes so um Going back to the cheese aspect of things, like <laughs> I can't get away from that. Yeah. It's like ingrained in my bones. For sure. I eat a slice of cheese and I, I have to like limit the quantity. I have a set yeah. limit of one slice per meal. Mm-hmm. I only eat two meals a day. Okay. So 
like if there's cheese in the dish I'm making, great. But as just like a snack, or as Harvey has witnessed on several occasions, like me getting up when I'm drunk or mm-hmm. hungover and yeah. just eating cheese. <laughs> this is the thing that me and Josh have most in common. Um, oh, I do this I too. I cannot get away from that. It's a obviously it's a Wisconsin thing, but even the family I had in Illinois, like they were always big on cheese. Yeah. So yeah, cheese is the the winner there. Cheese is the shit. It's so good. It's the I like. I could be vegetarian. I think it'd be <laughs> tough, but I could not be vegan. No, I've I've tried being vegetarian. I wouldn't even give veganism like an attempt. I, I, which just, is probably my downfall, right? Because it's probably great for you to not eat all of that fat. Probably. Well, <laughs> I think it depends too on the cheese, because like, sure, there's definitely cheeses that are less bad for you. Not the ones I eat. No, no me neither. <laughs> I eat the. I eat like. The heaviest. I love. I love heavy. Reduce fat cheese is a crime. That's not real. It's, it's like <laughs> flaky. It's a texture that cheese should never be. Like, yeah. Ugh. It's like when you grate the end of your foot. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting analogy. It's terrible. The other thing too. Here's a cooking tip for all of you. If some if a recipe calls for two, if you're making like a cheese sauce, don't use the shredded bag cheese. Yes, because it's already been sort of what's the word for that like it's coated in corn flour it's coated in corn oh, starch okay. so it will that's fuck not the reason up the consistency of. of it'll make it gritty when you try to cook it, it. almost has no taste too if yeah. it's been pre-shredded yeah it's crazy the amount like it's dried i was up i was given by a friend recently uh because she went to wisconsin so she got me a little thing of sharp cheddar yeah and then i had a bag of cheddar as well like pre-shredded cheddar and I cooked back-to-back dishes, one with the block and one with the pre-shredded. Yeah. And it was night and day. Oh, yeah. It's probably a different type of cheddar, too, but wow. I mean, just go to the the deli and buy just a block of cheese. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so much better. And it's it's the same fucking price. It's good for bringing the dish together if it's pre-shredded because it melts more easily. Mm -hmm. I mean, all shredded cheese is going to melt the same, but pre-shredded... I get it if you're going for the ease factor. Yeah. You're just putting it into like bring I mean, everything. If you're making cheese on chips, that is fine. But yeah. you know, like <laughs> if you're if you're making like a like a dish, I, I would, made nachos. Yeah. Oh man. Nachos are this I love nachos. Uh yeah, so cheese, definitely. Yeah. Love it. I'm trying to think of something else to say besides that. Because oh, I've talked I, a lot about cheese. What well here, here's what is your favorite kind of cheese? Like hands down, you just have to have it in the house. So the slices that I eat okay. consistently are usually Colby Jack. Okay. Um, but it's that answer depends on what I'm using it for. Just to eat cheese, yeah. Colby okay. Jack. Yeah, I would say good. just to eat cheese. Yeah. yeah. Mine's Gouda. I like Gouda. Gouda's great. Yeah. I have a bunch of it. And I just went to the store. I have a shitload of it in the fridge. Gouda on burgers. There's something uh, about Gouda with ground beef and bacon. It's bacony awesome. tasting. Gouda yeah. tastes like bacon. True. Yeah. So if you make a bacon burger with a fried egg and you know uh, a heart a heart attack on the side, killing me right now, dude. <laughs> let me tell you, what's like? Okay, I have a good question. What is like the unhealthiest thing you've had during quarantine? I was really wanting to say your mac and cheese, but that wasn't during quarantine. No. Um, that's a great question. Oh, jeez. <laughs> there's there's a lot, but I'm trying to pick like the one. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's like, 
there's like different frozen pizzas and stuff that I've tried, but that's not, that can't be the worst thing I've had. And I think the ingredients that I get sent to me, it's kind of up to me how unhealthy I make that stuff. Sure. I usually like cut back on salt and stuff. So it can't be anything like that. Um, Have you gotten like takeout or anything at all? That's just been like ungodly. Like I have Okay. Yeah. So takeout wise, I now live near a place called Fat Willie's. Oh shit. Yeah. That place right is by the, definitely the movie is good. Yeah. So at first, and I got yelled at indirectly by Josh on this because I had their burger mm-hmm. first. But I was doing a thing where I was trying all the burgers near me. I'm a huge, like, burger guy. Yeah. You also say burger like Bob's Burgers. How does he say it? Burger. Burger. It's a little more intense. I'm from Nebraska where it's like burger. Burger. <laughs> okay. Let's get I see a, let's I see get a cheeseburger. <laughs> but I tried, <laughs> I tried the burger first, and it wasn't good at oh. all, surprisingly. So I was like, oh, fuck this place. I'm not coming back. Sure. But then both Harvey and... And Bernard and Josh. But Josh like yelled at me through Harvey being like, he's got to try the ribs. That's fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I'm not a huge rib person, but their ribs. That's what I've had. Are yeah. really great. Yes. I'm so, like, I love ribs. I actually, so I tried them. Bernard came over for a studio session and part of the plan was to go to Fat Willie's because it's like half a block from me. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> my dangerous, God. Dangerous thing. It's actually good that I don't like more of their food because, yeah, wow. I've never <laughs> had anything else. I just had the ribs, and it was because I think I was... I don't even think that was... I think it was before I moved here, actually, because mm-hmm. I visited, and the only time I really ever hung out in the area you live in is when I was still just visiting Chicago all the time okay so but i've definitely had the ribs and they were very good because that's that got to like, be up there for one of the more unhealthy things yeah um everything else around me like chop society they have enough healthy stuff there like there's the the ice cream mixers and stuff that yeah. are great but everything else around me is not bad like there's panera and chipotle and those are two places i, I go to probably every week i haven't had panera in a minute i actually didn't even know it was there and then I was walking to Target. I'm like, oh, shit. That's awesome. Panera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So what are your top five food loves and your top five food hates? Oh, the list now. Oh, man. <laughs> so much pressure. It's a lightning round. Like people ask you your top five favorite rappers. And I'm like, I'm not going to rank them. I'm sorry. No, I'm not going to. Top five. Fa- no, you would do that one. Top five favorite punk bands. You totally... Yeah, but I still would feel bad about ranking them because it's uh, the same it, issue with rappers. There's so many it'd be, different... It would go blank, and then it would go uh, fucking Sum 41. <laughs> and then... Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. It would go. It would be a close tie for one and two between blank and... Uh, God damn it. What's, their album was huge like when I first when we first lived together. Those guys... The oh, 21 Pilots. Yes, thank okay. you. God more, damn it. More of an alternative group for I sure. I suppose. Yeah, but in the rock genre, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to call this. I only know three bands. <laughs> Those are two of my favorite groups, yeah. Um. So top five favorite foods? Yes. Okay. can be like I'm gonna, I'll start positive. food item, you know. Like. Oh, sure, okay. Um, My favorite food is the cheesy potato casserole. Got it. Um, can't be desserts hell yeah yeah all right um 
my mom's chocolate chip cookies, which I'm pretty sure are just the Toll House recipe. <laughs> Actually, I know they are because I've made them a couple times, and I stuck to the Toll House, and it seemed the to best. seem to taste the same. They're, I don't. They're really fucking good. People no one should argue just, with me on just, that. Just hop on the fucking bandwagon. <laughs> There's no reason to mess with something that's so fucking yeah. great. Absolutely. Ugh. So those two, uh, Ruffalo's Pizza yeah. is up there. I got to pick a good burger. So I had a bison burger Ooh. on a pretzel bun with an egg at Chicago Burger Company. Was I with you when you had that? I don't think so. No, it was just me and Harvey. Okay. It was, I went there. We were in the area because he was going to REI, of course. Uh, yeah. And uh, it was around his birthday, so I just got us a meal and For sure. a couple drinks. Um, Yeah, Chicago Burger Company. Wow. That was a very, very good burger. And then my last one. I want to pick another dessert. <laughs> it's really hard to narrow it down to five. For sure. So I would say... No, fuck dessert. Thai fried rice. So, oh, yeah. like the spicy basil one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That is a go-to for me. And I'm really sad that I'm not walking distance to Thai food now. You had two Thai places had, at your old place. We had three because the the sushi place oh, down the thai way, food. it was like a hybrid restaurant that oh. also had Thai food. Huh. Yeah. We went. I went to the one that had like the orange sign. I think that was like Thai sticky... Sticky rice. rice. Sticky rice. Yeah. That's I ate there with you actually. Yeah, yeah, we went. And then there. Thai room was the other one. I didn't. I did not oh, go to Thai room. All the shout outs to Thai room. Those egg rolls are incredible. <laughs> but yeah, spicy basil fried rice with chicken beef combo. Ooh. Yeah. I I I don't know. I feel like I need to rehab my fried rice experiences. I hate fried rice, <laughs> and it's. I've told the story before. It's have you made fried rice? No. <laughs> okay. I haven't either. I've, I like barely have made rice. That's more of a recent thing for me because people say it's really easy to mess up. Get a rice cooker. It's actually not that bad without it. It's, isn't it a one to one ratio? That's the rule. While I was editing this episode, I had the shocking realization that Derek's ratio is totally wrong. Rice is cooked at a two to one ratio, not one to one. This only goes to show how immediately bad at math I am. So, I will say again, rice is cooked with an average 2 to 1 ratio of water to rice. Some rice takes a little more water, so be sure to always look at the package directions before making your lovely fluffy rice. The reason I like a rice cooker, too, is because I'm Asian. And <laughs> it's just... it's it's was, Bernard has one, too. It was on the counter growing up. Yeah. And you can cook... Package, but you can cook packaged rice in a rice mm. cooker, which I really like because then I don't have to put it in the microwave, the microwave, mm -hmm. or anything. Our rice cooker, yeah, it's literally right there on the counter. <laughs> I was I was told by several people to get one, and then when I started getting these recipes, I was like, I'm just gonna cook it kind of how they tell you, yeah, because they assume that you aren't an expert chef. Sure. And they tell you just like the easiest way to make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think the big deal is that people either cook it too long mm -hmm. or it's too wet. Yeah. Right? So if you if you stick to like the let it boil and then move it down to a simmer and cover it, that's like, that's, the, that's a big deal. That's the tried and true yeah. way of doing it. And I've never had stuff. bad rice doing it that way. The way and the the other thing too uh, that I 
have discovered I fuck it up on the stove and I think it's just because I am a little you're probably pickier too I am and <laughs> I don't know to me it's something I don't want to have to deal with on the stove yeah because I just I'm going to be cooking something that goes in the rice I want to focus on that and I don't know I literally grew up cooking with a rice cooker we never cooked rice in a pot growing up that's huh. just and my mother would make me wash the rice until it ran clear because there was all the starch on it. That I don't do, and I feel really that bad can about that. really <laughs> affect how your rice cooks too. It can make it okay. really gummy. Because I don't have a sieve. Oh, the oh the way we did it, so. we just used the sink and then would just tip the water out and then just keep refilling the bowl, like the bowl you cook it. Oh, in. like holding a lid over it, kind of thing. No, literally, like, uh, like if we would hold the bowl with the rice just over the water. And then swirl it around and then like hold it with one hand and try not to tip any of the rice into the sink. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> like super not like. Because it's always the first direction. They always, there's a lot of rice bowls yeah. for every plate. Just had a amazing Vietnamese steak bowl. By oh, the way, shit. that was great. But the first direction, because you always cook the rice first for them for some reason, you, you're supposed to get a sieve and drain your rice till it runs clear. And I'm like, well, skipping that because I don't have that. Yeah, no. But I should probably try it. If you just way. do it in the bowl, and I think it's better to do it in the bowl because you can actually see how much starch is left. Because when you do it the first time, you won't see the rice at the bottom of the pan, okay. at the bottom of the bowl. But you'll slowly, it takes 15 minutes too. So you got to really commit. But yeah. when you do it though, you can totally tell, like, oh, wow, it makes a giant difference because it'll cook. It co- makes the rice fluffier when you do it that way. Okay. Brown rice, you don't have to do that. Okay. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. So you got to go to least favorites now. I think I finished yeah. the favorites, so right? F- yeah, you finished the good ones, so now it's the five right. hates. <laughs> I haven't had them in probably 10 years, but turkey patties. <laughs> got to put them on the list. Yeah. I can't believe my family did that to me for so long. It got to a point, a little side story on this, that I would sit there at the table for so long because I didn't want to finish the fucking turkey oh, my patties. my parents did that too. It was very Dickensian. Until one magical day when I was at Pizza Hut and I had eaten a decent amount of pizza, but I just wasn't that hungry that day. And my mom's like, no, you need to finish. I won't put it on my mom. Both my parents were probably like, you need to finish your meal. Yeah. A thing that kids probably hear too much. So I was oh, like, God, all right, yeah. fine, I'll... It's pizza. I'll just stuff it down. And then I threw up in the middle of Pizza Hut. <laughs> so ever since, they never made me finish my food because it was such a horrific experience. For my them. mother tried one time to, uh, <laughs> she tried the thing where you, if you don't finish it at dinner, you put it back out on the table at breakfast. Oh, wow. Yeah. It didn't work because what a nightmare. I just sat there. And just was like, nope, and I'll be late for school. Oh, there it is. <laughs> it's like, wow. I, I kind of, I think that was the first time I got out, you there, Linda. Her, yeah. <laughs> but she never tried that again. But they definitely were like, eat your green beans out of a can. They're disgusting, Wesley. And and you know they would make me sit at the table until they were gone, and I would give them to Miles because he liked them. <laughs> see you were smarter than me there then or Which i would, actually your mom was smarter than my parents too because they would just let me sit there they wouldn't be like it's for breakfast the one there was it. one time i think i was eventually i was like why do you continue to cook them if you know that i will not eat them 100 percent. 
see in my case it was my dad's fault i don't know if like your mom had a a reason for cooking these things over and over again i for me it was like my dad requests these ridiculously disgusting dishes <laughs> but i guess it expanded my palate somewhat i don't know uh, i don't know i still if i ever if anyone ever cooks canned green beans, I retch from it. It's yeah. like, uh, no, um, uh, gotta walk away. It's like fireball. I kind of get it. Like, green beans are not awesome on their own. No. It's sort of like eating leaves of spinach by itself. Like, it's fine. To me, it's not gross. It's fine. But I could see why it's gross. I'm a monkey. I will eat this leaf of spinach. <laughs> <laughs> I am a rabbit. <laughs> so I got one. Turkey patties. Yeah, are turkey patties are one. Ever on my mind. Um, there are certain kinds of fish I'm not big on. That's fair. Um, growing up, we didn't fish a ton, but when we did, I remember we only ever caught catfish yep. and bluegill. <laughs> yep. Bluegill was the first catfish I, uh, or first fish I ever caught. Um, those were fine. Catfish. Especially fried is basically chicken. Yeah. It's, I don't think it's a fishier fish. I wouldn't describe it that I way. I don't know. I, I had catfish when we go camping, and it just tasted like fish to me. Harvey will crucify me for this, but I don't like salmon that much. <laughs> oh, it's no. not. It's not a lot. So it's good in like, like a lox bagel. Yes, but when it's cured. Or, okay. or smoked, yeah. So, and I will also point out that the only reason I'm putting this on the list is because I disliked it so much as a kid. Yeah. But there are definitely instances where salmon is the way to go. So yeah. this is this is an asterisk one. Salmon is not consistently bad for me, but I know Harvey's big on that, so sorry <laughs> about that. Um, so that's two. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is fucking hard. Um, we can expand this to maybe like alcohols you don't like. Okay, beer. Oh, really? If we're counting that as food. I didn't know that. I think it's because I know you like cider. You didn't know I liked. I don't like beer. Well, I suppose I've just never. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's fine. Well, I know you're more <laughs> of a cocktail guy, but it's like. Yeah, yeah. But Whis- I guess I just and never. Tequila always. Um, really, any liquor is yeah. fine. Liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Um, it's been so long since I've heard that. Um, I know. It's been so long since I've heard like your guys' voices. It's. Like, I know. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so sad. Hoping for better in the future. Oh, for, for sure. sure. Um. Okay, beer is the only alcohol that I don't like. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I for sure like ciders. Yeah. That's my go-to when we go to breweries and stuff that don't have anything else. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think I'm I'm kind of oh, the same white wine. wine. Can oh. I count that as two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. White yeah, wine. white wine is disgusting. <laughs> it's fine in like um like a mixture of some sort. I make gravy with white wine. Like okay. the turkey gravy at Thanksgiving is Even in a drink, like I I found out yesterday that there is um there's a white wine version of what's that shit called with the fruit? Sangria? Yeah, thank you. Blanking on that. There's a white wine sangria, which I had no idea was a thing. Because every every time I'd ever had sangria, it was red wine. I hate sangria. Why? I don't like it. 
It's too. How many times have you had it? Enough. From, from where? <laughs> <laughs> I've had it enough times. That pumps me out, dude. You know why I don't like it? It tastes very boozy. It it because because it tastes too much like wine. No, no, no. Because usually it's fortified. If you drink, oh, I mean, have you had like legit sangria or like? I've had homemade sangria. Okay, yeah. I usually I like homemade sangria. Okay. I was. T- I thought you were talking about like the sangria you you buy and mix in with wine. No, no, no. Oh, that's no. The like, stuff that oh. like sits in a those things with the fruit. Oh yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Okay, okay. not my thing. I had I had sangria yesterday from it's a, a, a good new summertime new restaurant drink. in Chicago. So yeah, it was it was very good. I feel like that I would drink that if it was like a hot summer day. Like I'll have a glass of sangria and a speedo, please. so i got four right uh one two three yeah okay and also for salmon the reason i know i don't like it by itself is because because of matt harvey no it's (laughs) actually not his fault it was i was on a date in roscoe village once and i ordered a salad yeah that had salmon in it sure and it totally was not what i was picturing it was just sliced up raw salmon oh you have to have a taste for that and it wasn't salad like in the slightest it was do you know like those flatbread boards yes that's how it was presented with like cherry tomatoes and random leaves and then sliced up and this is like a 30 fucking dollar they went outside to the tree and picked the leaves i was so pissed i bet i know what it is okay there is it's that is a thing you can kind of fudge the word salad. Apparently. With that, because cherry tomatoes all of the sudden makes things a red salad if you have tomatoes. Nah, fuck that. So it was probably like a red salad on flatbread. That's totally a thing. I love Roscoe Village. They have a lot of great restaurants. And actually that one is a pretty good restaurant, so I won't name what it is or hate on it. Mm-hmm. But I was very disappointed that day. Yeah. Just had to explain the salmon thing a little bit, because I know I'm going to get... Some backlash from Harvey on that. <laughs> I'll bring it up the first time. So Derek says. <laughs> first question, Harvey. <laughs> How do you feel about Derek hating salmon? <laughs> He's going to be surprised if he doesn't listen to this first because. Actually, his episode comes out before yours. So oh, okay. you're four. Cool. He's cool. two. Um, So one more bad thing. Yes. I won't. I need an actual food because alcohol is a, is a cheap way to get out of that. <laughs> I don't like. Um, canned spinach. Again, a texture problem. But it makes you strong to the finish. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Can, canned spinach is disgusting. Yeah, it is. It's so stupid too. Just buy spinach. <laughs> spinach is great as it is, and you can cook it in five minutes. <laughs> I like it more than lettuce, and it has way more nutrients. Lettuce is water. So yeah, it's just a, it's just <laughs> it just bloats. Yeah. So yeah, canned spinach. That's my that's that's a that's a solid hate because <laughs> I feel like no one buys it too. It's like yeah, really, someone please email me. Why are you buying canned spinach? I I buy frozen spinach. I don't even know why I had it to be honest because I don't know why you would use canned probably spinach. probably for like if you're making like creamed spinach, oh. it's probably an easy way to do that. I don't know. I buy frozen spinach to put in like eggs. Okay, frozen spinach is really fine it, it it's yeah. that's fine but canned it's like satin festered i feel like and it, when you open that can it smells like baby shit like it is just the most <laughs> disgusting 
thing. Because, like, mm, old vegetables that have probably absorbed some metal. Like, oh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. It's like drinking orange juice out of an aluminum bottle. <laughs> it's very metally. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, canned spinach is the last one. Mm-hmm. Huh, solid. Yeah. Gosh. Well, is there anything else that you want to talk about or plug or, like, mm. anything you... Anything your heart desires, you can, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm trying to like figure out where to direct people for things if I plug anything. Um, so I am in a a duo music musical duo called O Jupiter, and we recently had a single promoted on Chicago's ninety one point one. So easily our our most successful thing so far. So shout out to them because they they definitely. We had to submit to get the song on there for sure. Like they didn't find us or anything, but um, they have been very helpful and very promoting of us. We did like an online interview with them too, which was really cool. Um, a lot of fun putting that together for sure because it, it made us kind of look at ourselves in a different way. For sure. Um, so at O Jupiter Music is the Twitter and I think Instagram as well. It is. Could be wrong about that. Okay, it is. I think it's at. I think it's just at O Jupiter. Instagram might just be at O Jupiter, and I, Twitter yeah. is at O Jupiter Music. Sorry, Nick, for for flubbing this. But, <laughs> um, we are working on our first like project to put out. Um, COVID redirected some things for us for, oh, sure. for sure. A yeah. lot of the the subject base. I won't get too much into this, but a lot of the subject base just doesn't hit in the same way for us anymore so we had to we're not redoing everything by any means but we had to kind of change our point of view on stuff so um nick will be here next week yeah we're gonna we're gonna demo a couple songs some stuff we've been writing too and i'm really excited to to get more out there yeah yeah cool also listen to wesley's podcasts yeah yeah to have to shout those out because that it's great content for when I'm working and I want to hear my friends' voices. Oh yeah. So yeah, um, the there were getting a dog one. I've listened to way more because I'm not into D and D in the slightest. That's fine. Yeah, I totally um, get it. But I'm looking forward to the the next one. Is a did you guys do the poodle? Poodles came out. Yes. Okay. So then this will air way in the future too. So we'll we'll be premiering season two by the time this hits. Did you the guys? Airwaves. I don't think I finished that one. Did you guys do like the family poodle related dogs, like the ones that are not poodles, but definitely like in the similar lineage of poodles? Uh, like the history sections of stuff, or like um. Like Bashans, I think, are poodle. No, we didn't okay. talk about that. Gotcha. Uh, okay. Poodles are like the root breed for a lot of those dogs. So Yeah. When we t- we actually are probably gonna cover Bichon Freeze okay. in a different season. Perfect. Season right. two is all big dogs. Though. Interesting. Yeah. If you want to see the the books are behind you, you can see what we've ordered. <laughs> but they're in a big stack. Uh but yeah, no, we're getting a dog. Our our last we're filming right after you our last episode of season one, which is French Bulldog. Okay. And then, well, it's not our last. We're going to do like a recap episode too, but it's our last researched one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dope. Well, season two's coming in the fall. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Keep going with that shit. You guys are killing it. So thank you. It's a lot of fun. 
it's yeah. l- podcasting it's it's a lot of fun i i miss singing with mm-hmm. people a lot i'm the collaboration part of music is the thing i miss the most it's almost vital for me to want to do it it's it's very there's that for sure i was i was just talking to nick about that because we have a weekly meeting set up um every thursday for a couple hours and he was asking like what's the main thing that gets in your way and i'm like motivation yeah right now and i hate that because i have more time than i've ever had yeah I work from home now, so there's no commuting, you know, getting in the way of that. Sure. And the number one reason, other than like the world being a flux, mm-hmm. the number one reason is I don't have the collaboration around me. Yeah. And it kind of makes me feel bad as an artist on my own because I'm like, the the fear is that like, oh, are you not good enough on your own? Yeah, that's totally what I face. But I don't too. think anyone is better on their own. That's the answer to that for me i think the reason that what we've made so far seems to be getting only better is because we have each other and our friends around giving us feedback and participating in the music we make like the mixtapes and stuff i think that that's a huge part too of why i like to make music is you know i get to see the progress you make and What's yeah. funny is that I think at, at one point our musical paths crossed mm-hmm. and I think now we're starting to sort of hit back on our own roads again of yeah. what we want to do because sure. I've totally refocused vocally into jazz. I have not sung a pop song in a hot minute. I'm excited for that. But I love jazz and yeah. I think that, you know, it's a genre that is just, it, it never goes away and it's just... Yeah. It's a nice it's comfort spot too for singing too. It's not it's it gets not sampled a lot too. Yeah. So but of course COVID stops every it stopped everything and I don't know with the producing stuff it's really hard to want to produce material and cuz I feel like I'm not around musicians so I haven't really evolved. Like, you know, I haven't you know, I'm still sort of stuck. There is there's the feeling of being stuck right now for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, hey, I, you guys' stuff is really good though. Check out Oh Jupiter. It's thank you. Uh, what oh shit? What's the single called? I forgot. Uh, Until tomorrow. Until tomorrow is the newest one. Yes, it's just an O, like the archaic O, spelled out O exclamation mark Jupiter. But social media, it's just an O Jupiter. Yeah, at yeah. O Jupiter. Yeah, they're great, and I thank sing you. back up on one of the songs. You do. You do. <laughs> I hit a high note for about ten seconds. In our last mixtape, you were on my uh, my solo song. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah, no, they're great. They're all they're re- great fun to work with. They got me, they got me kind of started with music stuff and um yeah, terrible friends though. No, <laughs> no, the baddest, <laughs> the baddest of bad friends. Oh, and Derek, I should mention this. Derek here actually coined the term. Or the phrase "good food for bad friends." Good food for bad friends. That yeah. is that is Derek's uh, phrase. Bad so. friends itself, I believe, started with Dimitri and Nick. Really, Mo- mostly Nick, from what I understand. But I don't know who said it first. I think it was a, not that it matters, but it's a. It was a conversation between Dimitri and Nick that started. Right. Like, oh, bad friends is the best way to describe. Yeah. Our group. Well, yeah. and I know eventually too, it just became part of the like 
intrinsic like existence of our group like it's stupid self-identifying like, yeah yeah it's something if i don't say that phrase in a day it's kind of weird like it comes up in everything yeah yeah so yeah but we and you know just to clarify for anyone listening it's not like we all hate each other it's you know no no it's, it's we ironic. we all yeah we love each other to death but we are shitty to one another sometimes yeah, so in the best way possible i'd like to thank my friend derek for being on this show if you'd like to support this show don't forget to subscribe and please give the show a rating on your favorite podcast directory i hope you join me next week for another episode of good food for bad friends from the Arcadia Podcast Network. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at gfbf at arcadiapodcastnetwork.com.